The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Chicago Bears are now the exclusive owners of the number one NFL 2023 draft pick. I go through their loss to the Vikings and the Texans' epic win over the Colts on this episode of Bear With Me. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And boy, oh boy, what a game we have to recap as the Chicago Bears have fallen to 3-14 and 14, while the Houston Texans finished out a glorious victory over the Indianapolis Colts, making your Chicago Bears the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. What an unbelievable finish to the day as the Bears effectively started to deliberately tank as hard as they possibly could. They certainly did their part. We'll break that down in a hot moment, but I have to spend a little bit of time talking about the emotions of going through this Texans game because the Texans of the Colts square up. Obviously, if you're following the subtext of the conversation, the Texans want to lose, lock in the number one overall pick. Certainly their owner does. And then the Colts, on the other hand, should they lose, not only keep the number one pick out of a division rival's hands, but they get, potentially open up an opportunity to trade into the number one. Well, Texans go up early. They're up 24 to 14, if memory serves. The Colts battle back, get to... 31 24 if you're like me you thought well the game's over packing in bears are getting number two overall but the texans and davis mills roar back from 21 or from down 24 31 not only convert a fourth and 10 to brandon cooks down the sidelines for 30 yards not only convert a miracle fourth and 20 to keep the game alive but then the texans decide to go for two and they get it taking a 31 to thir- or a 32 to 31 lead that then lovey smith is able to put the clamps on poor sam ellinger and crush the game out ultimately sending the bears to number one overall now exciting electric puts the bears well in control of this offseason and should make for some wonderful wonderful content as me and the windy suited gridiron crew go through building the board a brand new series that me jeff burkus and a couple of other scouts are going to be starting here in a little while where we are going to put together a bear specific draft board top to bottom doing this thing as 
thoroughly as possible. And it should be a great time over on our YouTube channel, Second City Gridiron. Be sure you're tuning in and keep an eye out for what's going on on the site. But then when it comes to the Bears, I mean, I wish I had a more interesting game to break down to you. But the real intrigue in this game was just to what depths the Chicago Bears were willing to go to make sure they lost. So you probably already know that the Bears had ruled out Justin Fields before this game even kicked off. They ruled out Kyler Gordon at the last second. So now you've got no starting quarterback. You got no starting corners. The Kendall Vildor, Jalen Johnson, and Kyler Gordon all out. The Bears are starting a bunch of guys that maybe you didn't even know were on the roster. They leave Brisker in, but they basically sit everybody else. They sit Braxton Jones. They sit any relevant offensive lineman. They pull Cody Whitehair in the second quarter, and they started Nathan Peterman, but apparently he played too well, opening the game up with just enough yardage to threaten that the Bears called to go for a fourth down uh, at their I mean, there's a bunch of weird stuff that happened in this game, one of which was going for four or going forward on fourth and seven, only down six at the Minnesota 40. And when they didn't get it, bummer, I guess they're still losing. Look, any other day, it looks like an aggressive call. But when Nathan Peterman is chucking the rock or on fourth and seven at the 40, yeah, I get it. It's not a time when you want to punt. Yeah, I get it. You think your defense may not be able to hold. But you look at just some of the ways that this game worked, like the second drive of the game where the Bears got to Minnesota's 28. The third and six on Minnesota's 28, clearly you're in field goal range, down 6-0. to zero. They take a sack. They lose six yards. Now they're at the 34. And for some reason, on 4th and 12, they decide to line up as if they're going to go for it. Nathan Peterman calls an audible, asks for the ball, and doesn't get it. The Bears take a delay of game, move from the 34, back five yards, and now they have to punt. From there, which the Texans, I, it looks like didn't even, or not the Texans, the, the Vikings didn't even take the delay of game call. So then they, uh, the Vikings just come out and let them punt from the 34. The Bears give the ball away. Look, is it out of the question that that was, that might've been outside of Cairo Santos's range? I guess not, but it almost looked as if the Bears were trying to voluntarily move out of field goal range so that they could further justify the punt. And then Nathan Peterman picks up just a few too many yards, so the Bears decide that they're going to change plans. They pull their quarterback, Nathan Peterman, that had been with them all season. They go with Tim Boyle instead, who they picked up just a couple of weeks ago when Trevor Simeon hurt his oblique, and he immediately responds with an interception to Chase Claypool that all but locks things in. The Vikings take a commanding 16 to nothing lead, and the Bears respond with a touchdown here and there, but with Nick Mullix coming in in the second half and scoring a touchdown, leading to another touchdown later down down the road, the Vikings cruise to a win. Look, if you ask me, this was like watching a preseason game. I mean, from the feel of things, yes, there was everything on the line, but only if the Bears won this game, so much to the point where it felt to me an unbiased, or I don't know, trying to be as unbiased as I can analyst, like the Vikings, starting around the mid-first quarter, started to just work situations. The Vikings wanted to run the ball because they're trying to get re- prep for the playoffs. The Vikings wanted to throw the ball specifically to K.J. Osborne because they wanted to plan for a world in which Justin Jefferson isn't the number one threat. They just got smoked by the Packers because they've been leaning on Justin Jefferson all season long, and it seemed as if they came out in this game specifically looking to work alternate situations to prep for the playoffs. I mean, 
It was bizarre to me to watch as a team in the playoffs completely took the win for granted. And the other team in Matt Eberflus's Bears, I mean, going all the way back to the touchdown that they had, which we'll talk about Valus Jones in just a moment. But so Valus Jones scores this touchdown, end around 41 yards, barely stays in bounds, rips down the sidelines, scores exciting the bears then line up for the pat and the vikings take a penalty on the pat it escapes me what it is because it's not actually written down right but the bears accept this penalty they then switch to a two-point conversion the pat went through so they take they pass on the made pat to then move up and call a goal line fade to cole commit goal line fades obviously having a notoriously low conversion percentage and i mean you ask me and it started to feel like matt eberflus was deliberately taking points off the board just to be sure they locked this thing in i mean look the difference in attitude between the way the chicago bears treated this game pulling cody whitehair in the second quarter along with nathan peterman so that you had suddenly an offensive line of i don't even remember who was playing left tackle to be honest um but somebody was alex leatherwood was the guard you had sam mustafer at center you had larry barham at right guard and you had riley reef at right tackle like this bears team did i don't want to say they didn't try but it really was like watching a preseason game with player rotation and anytime anybody did much they took them out of the game now as far as evaluating it like a preseason game this does mean we got live nfl reps from plenty of guys two guys that i feel like really did look i don't want to say stand out that makes it sound like they played super duper well but personally i thought cole Kmet looked really solid i thought chase claypool looked really solid i thought valus jones looked really solid in their own ways claypool's routes looked snappy going all the way back to that interception that tim boyle threw in the first uh the late second quarter uh i thought chase claypool ran a really wonderful seven stop and generated some serious separation against a cover three corner that didn't see it coming look it's a basic route and that's exactly the kind of route that you want to win with cover three but it was a good route, nevertheless, and good to see from somebody that the Bears now officially gave up pick number 32 to get. Awfully expensive, but hey, sunk cost is a sunk cost. Now it's just about whether or not he's a good player. Cole Komet seems to be hitting that, or like hitting the mark. Like he's sure in some cases, it's not like he looks like the most fluid hip tight end on the planet, but he's battling through tackles. He's making plays happen. And I'm using a bunch of, I don't know, very footballese words but Cole Komet's playing well I need to look at the tape to see his blocking again that block or his blocking has been so so especially in a season an offseason where he may very well get an extension if Ryan Poles sees him as a part of the future but it's been nice to see him come alive in an offense that really likes its tight ends we all know the name Robert Tanyan and outside of Green Bay maybe we shouldn't have but Tanyan's been good enough to make that offense work uh I thought Valus Jones in particular has started to, so it was nice to see him make a catch down on the sidelines. We love it when Valus does anything normal wide receiver like, but I'll also tell you that Valus has been electric with the ball in his hands all season long. And I feel like there are a lot of people that have wanted to make that pick a bust more than the pick has been a bust itself. We're talking about pick number 71. This would be like if somebody was calling a fourth round pick a bust. It, not quite. Obviously, the third round isn't literally the fourth round, but we're not talking about a second rounder where I would generally consider that to be a starter choice. We're talking about somebody who's trying to be a role player at this stage. And another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like Valus Jones at this stage could easily be the end around specialist wide receiver four that adds a speed dynamic, a lateral speed dynamic that if you don't tackle him, he will step right around everybody and race into the end zone with relative ease. He's also started doing damage on special teams as a kick returner, which is awfully nice to see. And if I told you the story of a rookie running or a rookie wide receiver that injured his hamstring so much to the point where he missed all weeks of training camp and then two weeks of the season. And then I told you that that, that receiver took a little bit longer than anybody expected to get online with the offense. I don't think you'd be surprised. It's just that when Velas is a 25 year old wide receiver and doesn't immediately make an instant impact, it's easy to get frustrated. Look, I, I understand the dilemma that the bears put fans in this off season. I don't want to be blind to it, but I'll tell you that here on the windy Cedar gridiron podcasting network, not to trot out an, I told you so style of story, but We've been saying this was going to be a tough year for an awfully long time. It was. I mean, watching Justin Fields get sacked at a rate higher than David Carr's 14.6% sack rate. Instead, Fields got sacked 55 times, if I'm pulling the numbers off my head correctly, for a percentage-based dropback of 14.7, so 0.1% more than David Carr got sacked in Houston was hard. I mean, watching that Lions game last week, was hard. Does the number one overall pick make it all worth it? That depends on what they do with it. But I will say that I think that this opens up a world of possibilities for the Chicago Bears organization that were not open as of even just a few weeks ago. I mean, you want to talk about the hero of the day. Chicago may not build statues for Davis Mills and Lovey Smith, but they deserve a ton of credit for whatever the Bears are able to put around Justin Fields. Because I personally think that at number one overall, the Bears are holding an open auction for quarterback one and that a lot of teams are going to be awfully interested interested but at number two even just one spot later assuming the texans took a quarterback now you're hoping that another team had another quarterback at number one overall or like number one overall on their board and see you need to trade up for the or with the bears there was a decent chance that the bears would have been quote-unquote stuck just taking admittedly a very good player in either anderson uh, like will anderson Jalen Carter, or maybe even Tyree Wilson. But I digress. The point is, is that with the Bears now reaching number one overall, they are as set as you're going to get. When the Bears set out to tank this season, if I had told you in a WCG forum, on Twitter, or wherever you may or may not interact with me, that I thought the Bears were going to attempt to develop Justin Fields while also tanking, you would have told me that those two things can't coexist. That if Justin Fields took a step forward Forward, it would impossibly it was impossible that he doesn't win a couple of games and therefore result in not, or like and 
ultimately results in the number one pick. And yet that's exactly what we're looking at. The Justin Fields dragged a poor, poor, poor Bears offense to decent standing in points per game rankings. Let me look up what that is. But as he got to that point, he also lost, sure, eight, or seven out of eight one-score games. But the Bears took three home. Uh, look, at the end of the day, I can make all kinds of arguments. To me, the fact that the Bears were able to drag themselves into as many one-score games as they were with Justin Fields showing development, even in games like Buffalo, where I thought he played really well near the end of the season. I thought that he played relatively well in Philadelphia. I thought that the weeks before that, before the bye, his first half against Green Bay was the stuff of legends. We've seen flashes of development and i think he will need better support around him to be a little bit more consistent this is the same story that josh allen dealt with when or during 2019 when the bills didn't particularly invest much around him either but you add stuff on digs and some offensive line upgrades and suddenly you have an mvp candidate the bears will obviously be hoping for more of the same this should be a really interesting offseason and this isn't this doesn't need to be a particularly long podcast so i'm not going to make it one but what i can tell you is that the bears closed out a season that look down the line i imagine this is a season we aren't really going to want to remember any more than we have to but now it's over now the fun of this chicago bears team has begun the 2023 offseason should be flat out fun the 2023 season should be flat out fun assuming that we can all take a breath and enjoy a very jags like season lions like season a scrappy team a giants team uh that's trying to win as many games as it can whatever vehicle that looks like because the idea that they're going to hit on all of their ads and that all of those ads are going to jump in year one and look amazing feels a little bit far-fetched but it should be an awfully fun time to be a bears fan i know i'm very very excited about it because davis mills and lovey smith have handed the bears a first round or a first overall pick on the or like on a silver platter and i for one can't cannot wait to see them take it this should be a great time won't surprise me if the bears will i don't want to say immediately but over the next couple of weeks that they'll start prepping for some kind of pre-draft trade it the number one overall pick seems like the kind of pick that doesn't need to wait until draft day to ultimately uh get dealt especially since some team or other will want to make sure that they can start planning on having that number one overall pick it makes a big difference to them but those will be dominoes that have to fall over the next couple weeks. Uh, my team, and by team I mean building the board team, will be with you over the next couple weeks starting to get you prepped for draft season. That's going to be big. Free agency will obviously be big. But whether Nathan Peterman, whether Dante Pettis, whether we know Equinemia St. Brown's been re-signed, but Justin Jones, Cody Whitehair, Larry Borum, Sam Mustafer, the fate of so many of these 2022 Chicago Bears – may not be with the team in the future. So there's only so much discussion that we really gain talking about whether Harris and Hand played a solid game or not. We can talk about Duke Shelley, uh, where it felt like he played a, a solid game in and of, uh, like given what his role was. But it was a strange football game to watch top to bottom. And especially if you, like me, had the Bears and the Texans game pulled up simultaneously. The Texans one kept grabbing your eye because it was a flat-out electric football game, especially given what was on the line. What a strange football game to watch. But all the same, 
What a fun offseason this is shaping up to be. The Bears have a quarterback, probably. Obviously, we're going to have to endure quite a bit of conversation about now that the Bears have the number one overall pick, should they use it to draft a quarterback? Look, my opinion is that they shouldn't, but I think that the engagement and the noise around potentially drafting a quarterback is exactly the kind of conversation that draws value for the number one overall pick. That's the conversation that ultimately leads you to being able to trade it for that much more. And if the Bears, wherever they go, can get a future number one, can get a top five pick and can also get a second round pick as they go it'll be awfully great to see but that's going to do it for me again as soon as next week keep an eye out for building the board more draft content will be coming at you from windy city gridiron free agency content all 20 tuesday will still be a thing we're likely switching the cadence to every other week but that's all right we'll have plenty to talk through we'll look at uh bear schemes we'll look at not bear schemes we'll look at football uh whatever in, in any way honestly that i find interesting thank you so much for bearing with me truly another season in the books always amazing seeing you fans response and until next time bears fans bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me